0: Welcome to Virtual Economy, a podcast about the business of games for the rest of us. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda Farrow. And
1: I'm Michael Futter.
0: Each episode will cover the biggest business beats and bring in expert commentary from lawyers, analysts, and industry pros. This is episode 130, a soft-boiled quarter.
1: So you're saying the earnings weren't excellent?
0: They were not excellent. Mm. I, egg-
1: I was not ex—I
0: was not ecstatic oh. to cover them. <laughs> what? You're allowed to make bad puns, oh, and no. I'm not. Just,
1: here's the thing: puns are like farts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, folks, we are recording in the bedroom. Puns are
1: like farts. You see, when you fart and you smell it, and you're like, "That was a pretty good one." When someone else farts and you smell it, you can both think, hey, that's a pretty good one. And also, I wish I weren't smelling this right now.
0: That's legitimately one of the grossest things you've ever said to me. And you've said some pretty gross, nasty stuff to me over the many can years we go, we've been we together. Can we go back and
1: change, change this episode? T- although, see, if we change the episode, title we create a paradox. Because then we wouldn't be talking about eggs and farts.
0: It's true. We would we would in fact be twelve monkeys in this nonsense. Yes. Anyway.
1: Also egg farts.
0: Ah, gross. A soft bold quarter for egg farts? Yeah. Is that what you wanted to We're call? We're gonna it?
1: morb hard this this. No! Episode.
0: Oh no, okay. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of morbing. Okay. That's a terrible
1: segue. That's
0: a that's genuinely terrible. Yes. Why don't you take us through what's going on with Embracer?
1: All right, Embracer Group has reported its earnings for fourth quarter and full year. 2022 uh, for their fourth quarter net sales were up 117% to 5.3 billion sec. That's $529.8 million. Net sales for the games business was up 124% to 4.4 billion sec. That's $447.6 million. Now, what's really interesting about Embracer, you'll recall that they have 10 business units now. They do. Uh, cause Or maybe it's nine. Nine and we don't know what's going on with Square. With the Square Enix purchase.
0: Right, because we don't know where they're going to start. Yeah, because
1: Dark Horse isn't closed yet, I guess, because that that didn't close during this quarter. I don't know if it's closed yet. Uh, That will make nine, and then who knows what's going to happen with the Square stuff. Right. So first up, uh, I put this in order of their contribution to net sales. Uh, So Easy Brain, which is like their educational stuff. Mm -hmm. First, uh, it was the first Q4 under Embracer and represented 25.7% of the total net revenue. Dang, DECA Games was up 490% and represented 13.9% of total mobile, mobile, mobile. That's a
0: lot lot on mobile.
1: And what's interesting, I went to DECA Games website because I was really curious, like what was making up this, this huge jump? So this is how DECA describes themselves on their website. DECA Games is an indie publisher completely focused on live operations and games as a service. Okay, Okay, so that's that's... like
0: tilting point.
1: Okay, right. Here's the thing. We take over and reinvigorate games as they age or when their original developer can no longer support them.
0: Interesting. They're
1: the repo men. They're the...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's messed up. Because all I've got now is repo the genetic opera in my head.
1: So, I mean, funny story. When, When my family still owned... The shoe business, the shoe mm-hmm. store. Yes. There was a guy that my dad called the Undertaker. <laughs> he but it wasn't it was not The Undertaker. <laughs> and the reason why he called him that was he was a guy who came in and bought old stock that they that they didn't move. Like so essentially it was okay, so they bought a run of shoes that covered all the sizes and in, in a couple of styles, and you sold some of that, and some of those shoes just never moved. So the Undertaker would come in, buy The the leftovers, effectively, Uh from from seasons ago, a couple seasons ago, at a discount, and then sell them off, right? Like, to a discount place Mm -hmm. or something. So, it's interesting to see what is effectively that model working really successfully in mobile. Hey, you're not really supporting your game anymore. You don't really have a whole lot of interest in running it anymore. Let us take it over and pump some life into it. Let us buy it from you cheap. And let us make some money on it. It's really, really interesting.
0: It's very interesting. Yeah, so
1: they're an undertaker. (laughs) Uh, Gearbox. This is their first Q4 under Embracer. They represented 13.7% of the total revenue. Asmodee, also first Q4 under Embracer, representing 13.7% of the total. (laughs) Koch Media. Dang. Was up 16.9% and represents 12.3% of the total. Sabre, up 65.5%, representing 10.1% of the total revenue. THQ Nordic. Down 7.4% and representing 7.4% of the total. And Coffee Stain was down 78%. We'll talk about that in a second. It's actually not that. It's a tough comp. It's a tough comp. Representing 3.9% of the total. And it was strictly because Valheim was so strong a year ago.
0: Yeah, but now everybody's moved on to V Rising.
1: Right. So one of the things that really strikes me here, you know, when when Dark Horse comes on board, um, and by the way, this is just their games unit. This, this isn't even their distribution. This isn't their film distribution stuff. This is just their games unit.
0: Just video Look games. Look at
1: how well diversified they are. Easy Brain right now representing 25% of the total was really surprising to me. But everything else is under 15%, mm-hmm. which allows for a lot of fluctuations. It allows for a lot of cyclical um, shifting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: when you take, pull it was the camera like what, back.
0: It was like what we see with Devolver's portfolio, right? Right. It's different, obviously, because that's one company. Mm-hmm. But if we want to talk about diversification that actually works well, you know, Devolver's yeah. portfolio operates in the same capacity.
1: Yeah. So this was this was really interesting to me, and that's why I pulled those percentages, uh, you know, contribution to to total net sales, because I thought, gosh, I mean, this is this is really really well diversified. It is. And then when Dark Horse comes in, obviously these percentages are going to shift a lot, and we'll see what happens. But that's only going to help them diversify. Some more, and then of course you've got the the interactions and the synergies across these business units, which is super absolutely
0: it's a it's a shocking amount of vertical integration.
1: Yep, uh, Embracer has been posting organic growth on top of acquisitions. So because they've been on, on a huge acquisition spree, we've been seeing growth just that's accretive to um, to the total when right. you make a purchase. Right? Obviously, you're taking a company that let's say makes if they make a hundred million dollars in a year and you purchase that company suddenly all that hundred million dollars plus what you know whatever is accretive to your total net revenue right so they, but they have been posting or, posting organic growth they actually saw a 34 percent loss organically in q4 really year over year. yeah um, this was part of their projections though they know this was a tra- this is a transition year and actually we can is that we because have some of the development we have some first uh, yeah, it's just th- not as many large releases, and, yeah. and you and I know because because we work with Saber, we do, and kind of we we get a chance to kind of see what some of that flow looks like. Yeah, um, it's not a huge like this wasn't a huge surprise to us. Uh, they have lots of games that are early in the development process. There are fewer releases going on, yeah, and that that's, actually, that's actually that's actually going to happen as well mm-hmm. for this year. Uh, net sales for the film does biz- business increased seventy two percent to seven hundred thirty six point five million sec. That's seventy four point six million dollars. But operational earnings before interest and taxes was up 17% to 1.05 billion sec. That's $106.6 million. So it was a strong quarter.
0: That was a good quarter for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but
1: yeah. obviously you can see EasyBrain, Gearbox, and Asmodee, this was their first Q4. So a lot of that growth year over year is due to adding you know, three strong business units.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so for the full year, net sales were up 88.8% to $17 billion Second, one point $1.73 million in operational earnings before interest and taxes, up 53.8%. 100,
0: $173 million, maybe? I'm very confused by, is it billion? It's
1: billion, probably. Got it. Thank you. That's okay. No, no, I I, I, I messed that up.
0: That's okay. Sometimes- I messed it up, everybody. Yeah. We admit our mistakes on this show. We do.
1: It's uh, $1.73 billion. For Thank Tom you. Nook. For Tom Nook. Uh, operational EBIT was up 53.8% to 4.4 billion SEC or $447.5 million. Yeah. So the conversion, just real quickly, like conversion from, from SEC to dollars, you're typically sliding, sliding the decimal point over one and, and the numbers are, you know, it's not one to one or, you know, 10 to one, but it's close. Mm-hmm. It's close. So that was, that was the catch. Thank you. For no problem.
0: That. That's all um, good.
1: Embracer helped ensure that 1500 employees across Ukraine, Russia and Belarus are safe. The company's also donated 50 million SEC. that's more than 5 million dollars to humanitarian aid in the region. Um this release here as we talked about is not as busy for Embracer. However, Evil Dead the Game is off to a strong start. We know it sold more than 500,000 units right up front. Mm-hmm. And the Saints Row reboot is due on August 23rd. I'm personally very excited for that. I love Saints Row the 3rd. I love Saints Row 4. The first and second ones I play I kind of played a little bit. I'm like, "And eh, this is just like kind of a GTA knockoff." I,
0: mean, I like the good folks <clears throat> at Volition.
1: Yeah, they're great. I will tell you that when when it hit Saints Row the Third, like the opening to that game is one of my favorite openings of any game ever. Because there's this giant bank heist and they're all in ganky mass. Honestly,
0: I just wish Agents of Mayhem had caught on a little bit more because I actually really liked that game. Yeah,
1: That was their G.I. Joe, like their over-the-top G.I. Joe style game.
0: It, it was like G.I. Joe meets overwatch and it was extremely charming but so much of the overworld like the world itself felt really empty yeah but it had so many great ideas
1: well part of the problem with that game was they couldn't figure out whether or not it was set in the saints row universe or it had any connection to saints yeah. row because like, you t- saw the florida lee the purple florida lee yeah. but it wasn't really so i mean even it like, had
0: it had some really great ideas i li- i really really liked it but it yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sad i didn't ca- catch on
1: um, they have 233 games in the pipeline, including more than 25 AAA games through fiscal 26. Dang. Yeah. That's a lot. Like that's. There's some
0: big catalog strengths here too. Again,
1: looking at how many divisions they have, it's not a surprise that there are that many games. And again, some of those may never see the light of day.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're in the prototyping phase. Yeah. They're early in development. Mm-hmm. I mean, some games just can't get their legs underneath them or they just are not marketable. Yep.
1: Uh, a lot of catalog strength this year: uh, Metro Exodus, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated, which is really good. Uh, Wreckfest, Bio Mutant did well. Mm. Deep Rock Galactic, great is a, game, a, so good. Like I'd love really to get back game. to that. I um, I ended up like I was thinking about backing the board game. I backed it for a dollar. I didn't actually go through with it because just money.
0: No, we have too- we have too many board games. Yeah,
1: and and, and uh, yeah uh Valheim satisfactory and goat simulator and then Hot Wheels Unleashed
0: another one that we should be playing yeah, we've got that a, Hot we've Wheels got a game it, yeah. that Hot Wheels game
1: Um Elix 2 did not live up to expectations but they do expect it to eventually break even I'm actually kind of surprised that Elix got a sequel Me too Yeah um so yeah Amanda you actually the one of the other things that popped up separate from the earnings though Embracer made a big announcement like late last week or over the weekend that was right up your alley.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You all know how I love to talk about preservation, right? I mean, we did a whole episode about video Mm -hmm. game preservation not that long ago. So you should definitely go check that out. That's bonus episode number four. So when Embracer announced that they're going to be working on an archive of games and consoles, I absolutely jumped at the chance to cover this. So the Embracer Games Archive, which is what it's being called, is being run by David uh, Bostrom in Karlstad, Sweden. He will be joined by a team of experts that have strong roots in preservation. So we're not just talking about enthusiasts, we're talking about archivists. That's awesome. So they've already hired an archivist, archivist, sorry, an archive assistant, a technical engineer, and a supply manager. Wonderful. So far, the archive has 50,000 Thousand games, consoles, and accessories. Okay,
1: so help me understand. This isn't obviously just Embracer stuff. No, they are actually. This is funding a an industry level correct. preservation effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they're looking for contributions. So the Embracer Archive is looking to collaborate with initiatives, museums, and institutions. You know, to make sure. I'm sure, sure that, they've
1: been in touch with our friends at the Strong.
0: I would imagine so. And they're also looking to provide help to journalists and researchers. That's
1: good. That's so very like, you good. can go to
0: them with your inquiries, and they'll, they'll field them for you. Um, their long term goal is actually to exhibit parts of the archive locally in Sweden. And they want to ha- open up some satellite um, locations that they can also have exhibitions at. If you would like to contribute to the archive, you can get in touch with their retro gaming advisor, Thomas Sunhind.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's great.
0: This is really, really good stuff. I think that, you know, we, we talk a lot about corporate responsibility and in the game industry, part of what I consider to be corporate responsibility is making sure that you make video game preservation a part of what you do. Video games are not just products, they're culture, Mm -hmm. they're art. They are, they deserve to be preserved. And what we do at Hit Save is we don't work on the really AAA or even A stuff. We're really working to preserve indies. That's great. That's our goal. Especially that's because indies don't have
1: their own resources to make that happen. They
0: don't. And a lot of the time, they don't have somebody that's going to be able to archive or work on that kind of storytelling within the structures of their studios. They have to move on and start making new games. So that's where HitSave comes in. And actually, speaking of HitSave, We are still raising money for Hitsave right now. So if you want to contribute to that, you will help us to pay for our storage costs, to help us pay for the online archive because we're slowly putting our archive online. And you can go visit hitsave.org for more information.
1: Awesome. So big takeaways from Embracer. Again, extremely well diversified, but that organic growth number is something we're keeping an eye on. Again, Mm -hmm. while the numbers overall were up, That organic growth being lower um, is that that softness that we've been talking about that we've been expecting. The soft-boiled egg. The soft-boiled egg, yeah. Um, Moving on to, again, some more softness here. Um, EG7 reported its earnings for Q1 of fiscal 22. Mm -hmm. Net revenue is up 49% to 452.2 million sec. That's $46.3 million. Organic growth was 25%. So they are showing some growth here. However, their earnings before interest and in taxes dropped 42.5 percent to 27.7 million sec or 2.8 million dollars. Uh, Magic Online, which they acquired, uh, which Daybreak acquired to run, we talked about this.
0: Yeah, it's this is a tough one though because in a world with Magic Arena versus yeah. Magic Online, I'm a play Arena.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that they're going to have a tough time because you're com- you're effectively competing against Wizards of the Coast. Product that they're that they're promoting themselves. I don't remember the last time I saw wizards promote Magic online. I
0: you they definitely promote Magic
1: Arena. Oh yeah, Magic Arena. I get I you know is is in full service mode with all the promotion and marketing trappings that you would expect.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: the they, you know the pre-release stuff, the pre-orders for each set that they're doing, like all that stuff mm-hmm. is just cranking along. So. Uh, that contributed twenty point three million SEC or two point zero six million dollars. They acquired that in December. Um, they did beat expectations dis- despite the lower EBIT. Mm-hmm. Um, they divested Innova, which is located in Russia, uh, and relocated Toadman Interactive from Russia.
0: Where did they relocate them to?
1: Uh, they didn't say. Okay. But outside. But like. But
0: outside. Outside.
1: Um, we might have covered this last time we talked about EG Seven.
0: We the last time we talked about EG seven was last quarter. Yeah,
1: and I think we talked about Toadman in Russia at the time. I do I do remember that. This yeah. has been going on, yeah. EG seven says this will only impact ANOVA in terms of players, but ANOVA contributed 14% of net revenue and 18% adjusted Ooh. EBITDA.
0: Like that's a significant chunk of change. It is.
1: Um Daybreak currently represents 83% of EG 7s earnings. Whoa. And we also know well, we'll talk about this in a second. Big Blue Bubble represents 10% Piranha, which is MechWarrior Online and MechWarrior well, 5.
0: Both of those companies are Canadian. Big Blue Bubble is mm-hmm. based in um, London. And I believe that Piranha is in Vancouver. Yes,
1: they are. Uh, Toadman and AMG. Uh, Piranha's 10%. Toadman and AMG are 1%. Now, here's the thing. they Remember we had talked about, I think we mentioned this again, maybe last time we reported on them. They had a Marvel MMO coming from Daybreak.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. We did talk about this. Yeah.
1: And it was coming from the DC Universe team, which we're like, ah, hey. DC Universe. And then there was the the screenshots or the <sighs> concept art that popped up the online. It's like, oh my god, art. the aesthetic here would have been—I mean, it was very uh, Incredibles.
0: It was. It was very Incredibles meets Into the Spider Verse, right?
1: Which, which is a very different take on what you would expect a Marvel MMO to look like.
0: I thought it was really great because it just got away from any kind of realism and just embraced the cartooniness of yep. it. And in an MMO, that's not something I've seen in a very long yeah. time. And
1: unlike Marvel Heroes, which is you're buying like familiar Marvel heroes to play which, well, not that that game exists anymore. Right. But And it was an action RPG, right? It was very much Lost Ark before Lost Ark. I know. That's except,
0: why dad loved it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so this was you were going to create your own hero. And, like, you know how DC Universe Online, you get to pick a hero or villain, and depending on... Uh-huh. You get assigned a uh-huh. mentor, right? And it's either, like, Lex Luthor or... The whole thing was very bad. Right. This was, you were going to just pick, are you an X-Man? Are you an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Are you a member of the Fantastic Four? Or are you an Avenger? And that... Oh, man. Yeah.
0: That could have been really cool. But
1: here's the thing. They had to write down 230 million SEC. That's Ooh. $23.3 million. Dollars.
0: Brutal. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't have done that if they didn't have a great reason why. And I mean, MMOs are really difficult. They are difficult to maintain. They're difficult to build. And they're difficult to keep engagement up.
1: Yeah. So their net revenue was was up. But that EBIT, EBIT drop, the earnings before interest and taxes drop of 42.5%. Again, we're keeping an eye on that. They expected... That So this is companies who are pre- – the, the worry is when you miss, right? If you're telling your investors, hey, we think we're going to have a softer quarter, we have a reasons for it in advance.
0: Then there's no surprise. And then you
1: beat that. That's not bad. But it does it, – it is creating – it's a data point for the trend, right? Right. When we start getting worried is when we start seeing companies miss unexpectedly. Right. Like especially keep- if they've already been conservative. Right. But I think everybody has been extremely conservative throughout the pandemic, which is why you've had people blowing expectations out of the water. And I think coming out of lockdown, we're not out of the pandemic, but we are out of the restrictions related to the pandemic because we live in crazy pants land. You have, you have companies that are being extremely conservative. They are expecting big drops as experiential spending starts to increase again. Yeah. 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 So that's everything out of EG7. Nothing alarming, but a very interesting data point for the trend. Yeah. Let's talk about Thunderful, Amanda.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Thunderful. So this is for Q1 for fiscal 2022. Look, it was a soft quarter, like a really soft quarter for Thunderful. Operating income was up 7.3% to 609.6 million sec or $62.4 million US. Net revenue is up to 546 million sec, so $55.9 million. But here's the really crappy part operating profit is actually down quite a bit to 5.2 million sec, or $532,459. From here's the kicker, 35.4 million sec.
1: That's a precipitous drop.
0: It's a precipitous drop. So that's $3.6 million. So that's down. Eighty-five point three percent year over year. Now there's reasoning okay. for this. There's I was gonna ask. So it was a soft quarter um, for the games division at Thunderful.
1: And you'll recall that Thunderful also has a very important relationship with Nintendo. They do distribution for Nintendo. They
0: do. So according to CEO um, Brian Seeger Seegersen, oh my god, I, I, I don't missed. think
1: you spelled that right. Did you
0: spell that right? I literally copy and pasted it. Okay. I literally copy and pasted it. So anyway. Sorry, um, Brian. Sorry, Brian. I I copy and pasted your name and I'm always going to be bad at your last name. Um, So Lost in Random, Wavetail, and The Gunk didn't perform up to expectations. That's
1: unfortunate because all three of those games look dope.
0: Um, There have been a number of delays likely due to COVID, which meant that delaying pitching for outside, which meant that they had to delay pitching for outside funding, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to help with some of these development costs. Since then, Thunderful has signed deals that amount to more than $6.5 million US and future deals likely currently in the works will amount to between $15 and $20 million US. They're clearly still dedicated to making this work despite the soft quarter, but it wasn't just Thunderful Games that had some issues. Distribution mm. was also gnarly. Um, it it does make up about 86% of Thunderful's net revenue. So mm. like games don't even make up the bulk of what Thunderful does anymore, their distribution does. Sure. So why is it the distribution didn't do so great? Well, global supply chain crisis sure isn't making anything easy for anyone in distribution. Also,
1: this reflects a lot of what we saw with Nintendo, right? Exactly. You talked about this on our earnings show. Yes. Where Nintendo posted some some lower numbers because tough Be- comps.
0: It was, it was due in part to tough comps, and it was also due in part to their having trouble getting their consoles in front of people. Yep. And also because the market is becoming more and more saturated. Yep. Specifically for Nintendo. But where Thunderful is is really struggling right now is because they weren't able to secure that funding in this last quarter. That's why things looked pretty gnarly in terms of the profit. Because they had so many costs.
1: Yeah. Follow me just real quickly. I still believe that the Switch OLED edition was a, an audible that they had to That They, they had, had to, to call, do something. Right? Because they couldn't do the high-powered Switch Pro that was. No. Rumored.
0: And they won't likely be able to. Just like we've talked about in the past. And we talked about this on our last earnings show. We are not going to see the quote-unquote pro versions of any of the consoles. Mm-hmm. For at least another three years. Yes.
1: Um, and I don't think we'll see a pro version of the Switch. I think we'll no, just see No, I will we'll just see whatever's going to come yeah, next. Because switch the Switch electric, has been out probably.
0: since um, 2017.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's been five years already. It's been five years. So we're so we are at the time for a for what Nintendo usually does for a full console refresh, and it didn't happen. It was just the OLED edition, which means that there that the adoption rate for the OLED edition that decision point is not as clear cut
0: mm-hmm. because
1: you're not dealing with a more powerful system, you're not dealing with better frame rates, you're not dealing with any of that stuff. So. Sure.
0: Anyway, right. so that's that's what's going on with Thunderful. It was a, it was a difficult quarter for them. Not even necessarily because of tough comps. It was a difficult quarter because they weren't able to pitch for additional funding for mm-hmm. a lot of their game projects because they were so delayed.
1: Got it. All right. Um, last bit of earnings, because the and then you know we're done with earnings. I think for really real. Um, just gonna. It's been an interesting season. It is now. CD Projekt is it is the one that bucks the trend. Because of some very interesting things happening there.
0: Okay, so take us through it.
1: All right. They are pulling out of their Cyberpunk tailspin thanks to Cyberpunk, actually. Huh. Uh, revenue was up 9% year over year to $216.1 PLN. That's $50 million. Net profit was up 112% to $68.9 PLN. That's $16 million. Mostly due to new gen releases for Cyberpunk 2077. So that's the Xbox series and the PS5 versions. Almost two years on. Almost year yeah year and a half year and a yeah yeah almost two years 15 months yeah yeah so does that mean that cyberpunk 2077 is is fixed uh not from everything that we've heard i mean it's better but that was a game that was so wildly broken that better is you know
0: what's better than zero I, i mean
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, CD Projekt says most of its staff are working on DLC for Cyberpunk like actual DLC and uh, the new Witcher game is in pre-production it'll be built in Unreal Engine 5 ooh it'll Uh, be
0: gorgeous as
1: for The Witcher 3 the current gen upgrades that's Xbox Series and PlayStation 5 will be out in the second half of this year
0: okay so CD Projekt bucked the trend everybody else had a soft border
1: CD Projekt bucked the trend but let's be real. I, I think I want to put this in context, though. Oh, CD Projekt is doing really well. You know what would what how how well CD Projekt will be doing if they hadn't muffed Cyberpunk? Yep. Like mm-hmm. their stock price. I mean, all tech stocks are down right now. Tech
0: stocks are in the toilet. Like, let's be for real. Real. This but, is. But it's, they they it's shot really themselves
1: good. in the foot over and over and over again. Oh,
0: no, I agree. Absolutely. But you know what? What? It's time to talk about investments because it's time for Investment Interlude.
1: Yes. All right. Really exciting stuff. Uh, Bright Gambit, which is the indie investment initiative founded by a big team of really cool industry veterans. Man,
0: this is so cool. I love this. I love Bright Gambit. Uh,
1: That includes uh, Andrea Shifu, who used to be with Raw Fury, Tim Brown, Carl Magnus Trotson, Juliette avernay Veneto. Uh, Fozzie Mesmar, Vic Basie, and others has announced its first wave of partnerships. The group is funding the following games and teams: Lonesome Village by Ogre Pixel, Orton Was the Case by Woodhill Interactive, Sonya by HelpNode, uh Credolis by Pharos Interactive, and Grund by Secta House. Um, not a lot of information about these teams. Like I started poking around a little bit as I could, but one of the things that, that seemed common to me amongst all us, uh, I don't. I can't say that this is their their first releases across the board, but this is their first like major commercial release at the very least. Uh, if you go to the Steam and you click on the developer names, for because all these have Steam pages now. Right. Um, there's no other games listed for any of these
0: Interesting. developers.
1: So it seems like Bright Gambit is funding first games. I love that. And four of those games are narrative slash adventure games, and Lonesome Village is described as a puzzle filled life sim, or otherwise a Manda game.
0: You know what, though? Like, that's really deceptive because there are so many games out there that are, like, clearly built with me in mind. I know. Because I just love games. <laughs> I know
1: you do. I know.
0: What's next? All right. Niantic has acquired SpotX Games, a Miami-based augmented reality gaming startup that is unfortunately focused on making Web3 and NFTs accessible to all. SpotX Games has organized interactive AR scavenger hunts, one of which ran during south by southwest. And listen, you all know our thoughts on NFTs and that's cool. not likely to change. But if anyone can figure out how to make NFTs go, it's probably Niantic. Uh, Niantic made uh, Niantic uh, made AR a reality. In a number of ways. No, it's true. It's true. if not for Niantic, we would not have Pokemon Go and we wouldn't have had that magical summer six years ago where everybody was out catching Pokemon and quite frankly, still go out and catch Pokemon on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, but also NFTs are poopy pants.
0: They are. But if anyone can figure out how to make them actually work, I would trust Niantic with that. Sure.
1: But also we could eject them into the sun and every NFT bro.
0: I mean that's probably fine.
1: Into the sun, into the sun. What? Can
0: can I continue? Yes. Okay. Supercell NFT <laughs>
1: is new fusion. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Why? Why are you like this? Who hurt you?
1: Fusion. Yeah. Fusion.
0: No, yes. I get it. Just like. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm on board.
1: Just like right. You can the just sun. like.
0: Yeah. I, I'm. I get it.
1: NFTs are poopy pants. Okay, are saying. we done? Yeah, we're You're done. being
0: a poopy pants. I am. Poop-pantsery. Poop-pantsery. Some bitter biscuitry if I ever saw it. Yeah. Supercell has acquired a majority stake in Trail Mix. I and love peanuts.
1: Is... Gorp. Good old raisins and peanuts.
0: Wow. And is investing a further $60 million in financing. So
1: many peanuts. So many raisins. Could
0: you just <laughs> let... Oh my god. Trailmix was founded in 2017 with half of their leadership team composed of women. Since launching Love and Pies, Trailmix has also cultivated an inclusive LGBTQIA community. Supercell actually invested in their initial seed round back in 2017, but worry not trail mix will still continue to operate independently
1: right? but that defies the whole point of trail mix it's Could supposed to be a just... blend of all no
0: those stop it are you
1: one of those people who like picks one of the things out that like just the peanuts does that and sound just their... like me no it sounds like danielle
0: yeah that's a, that's extremely not me but you know what <laughs> is like me
1: what going for a break i'm broken
0: <laughs> i'm so worried about you Virtual Economy is an F-Squared initiative and along with pro bono business consulting for up and coming developers, it's a way we are working to give back to the community that has already given us so much. To find out more about F-Squared and the services we can provide, including pitch prep, media training, mock reviews, and business strategy guidance, visit our website at fsquared.biz. And we are back. Hey, Mikey, what time is it?
1: It's time for Quick Hits.
0: I like how you hit that. It Why, was thank
1: beautiful. You. Yeah. Hey, folks, that wasn't the first time I did it. This episode, it was <laughs> real bad, man. It's real bad.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. I morbed
1: it hard. Oh my gosh! Stop it. Speaking of morbing, Vampire Survival Game V Rising has sold a whopping million units Whoa. just a couple of weeks after entering early access. You can morb so hard in that game. Amanda, you played it. Did you morb hard? No,
0: I really didn't. I mostly just avoided sunbeams because unlike other games where I like to frolic in sunbeams, I cannot frolic in sunbeams as a vampire. No. So anyway, I played Is, Was it morbid about, time? I played about an hour and a half, I think, of V Rising. And it was really, really fun. Like, I, I really like it. I think I need to spend more time figuring out how the different systems work. I've been watching a bunch of streamers play it. Like, we've been watching our... I've been watching our friend Graves play it. Um, and Kage, so it's been really, it's been really interesting, and I, I, I like it a lot. Cool. And that's why I spent fifty dollars on the whole thing. I got like the founders pack and everything m- because more balicious. I had to go
1: buy it. I think I, I hope I didn't miss the um, the this guy probably did. You probably well. You also, probably did. like speaking of early access, Nemesis Lockdown, which is the second board game in the Nemesis universe, which is like essentially Alien the board game.
0: It's really fun.
1: Uh, just hit early. Vivian, as well. I think
0: did Vivian play Nemesis? Oh with us? yes, yes, Vivi played Nemesis with us. She loved it.
1: Yeah, no shock there.
0: <laughs> she's my, she's no our shy. creepy she little baby, aliens. our creepy little baby. All right, what else is going on, Mikey?
1: Uh, the SEC has fined brokerage Trade Zero America one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, which seems like absolutely nothing. I mean, if we got fined one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, it'd be like, fudge. <laughs> but 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 this company, but like is. for
0: companies,
1: yeah. Uh, the reason they were fine, they halted trades of GameStop during the GameStonk meme run. But, but that's not really the part that got them fined.
0: Oh, so what actually got them fined then?
1: So they slammed the brakes for 10 minutes on July, on January 28th, 2021. Okay. And then denied they did it. Uh Uh-oh. But it's even more complicated than that. Uh Uh-oh. So here's what happened. A clearing broker. So a clearing broker is- Yes, yeah, please tell me
0: because I actually don't know.
1: Effectively a middleman. So when you as a seller-
0: Not a repo trying, man?
1: Not a repo man. When you as a seller are trying to sell, sell your shares, you go to your broker.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, I have so many shares of so many i, I I'm
1: hypothetically-
0: Yeah, because I As just... a buyer,
1: <laughs> you go to your broker oh. and say, I would like to buy these shares. Someone okay. in the middle has to make that match happen. Oh, That's okay. clearing broker.
0: Okay. Thank you. But so I actually the, don't have any stocks and anything because I just don't have got my because I just got my social security number. Ah. So,
1: uh so this clearing broker actually put a stop on GameStop share trading for two hours, and Trade Zero resisted, and they said, "No, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop taking orders," and they held out for an hour and fifty minutes, and it was ten minutes, like ten minutes. They finally got a call from the clearing broker: "If you don't do this, we're going to stop doing business with you," or something like that. There right. were threats. I assume yeah. there were threats. There was probably maybe very a threat. strong There was some words. calzone and maybe some...
0: Wait, where is Trade Zero America located? Look, Are in they my located? mind, this is a, this turned into this a is, mob conversation. Well, this is, I'm
1: going to come over there. I'm going to break your knees. I'm going to smack you with the gabagool.
0: <laughs> so this turned into a Jersey conversation is yeah. what you're saying.
1: So Trade Zero finally says, fine. <laughs> we'll halt trading. And then 10 minutes later, they get a call from Trade Zero. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, about that. We opened it back up again. Except Trade Zero never admitted to stopping the trading for 10 minutes. If they had held out for 10 more minutes, they would have been fine. I believe I mean, maybe they, their relationship with the clearing broker would have been torched. But because they weren't honest about it, they got fined. Got it. Yep.
0: So be honest.
1: Just be honest.
0: Just be honest. Yes. That's what we tell our yep. children. Yep. Just be honest. Yep. Even when it's hard. Yep. All right, moving on. Windows Central reported last week that Microsoft is giving its streaming device a bit more time in the oven. The device, which is reportedly in development under the project name Keystone, is intended to run Xbox Game Pass. Windows Central reports that Microsoft is doing some more iteration before bringing the device to market. That means don't expect to see it this summer.
1: Yeah, I I think that's fine. I I think eventually having something like that, which is essentially a Chromecast for, or a, a Fire Stick
0: for I think it's Game Pass. Lovely.
1: makes a lot of sense
0: like I think it's lovely it again we talk about this over and over and over again as with regards to philosophical differences what mm-hmm. Microsoft is doing to bring gaming to everybody to bring gaming into every household at a relatively you know like as low cost as they can get mm-hmm. it's really wonderful yeah and I still definitely applaud them for all of their efforts to make gaming more inclusive
1: absolutely absolutely all uh, right yeah anything else no 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 oh right yeah and those were quick hits
0: see he did get that one one
1: yes and now it is time for the labor report all right so we've got uh three pieces of the labor report and then we actually do have one other thing oh believe it or not oh that i, that I threw in there at the oh. end oh
0: i i haven't even seen that
1: thing i've read the rest of this but did you throw it in this morning no Maybe I just missed it. It's been in there. Uh, Starting off with Activision, former Activision employee and union organizer Jessica Gonzalez is appealing the uh, Equal Opportunity Employment Commission's $18 million settlement with the Call of Duty maker. Gonzalez, backed by the Communications Workers of America, the group under which the Game Workers Alliance at Raven formed, is specifically targeting the provision in the settlement that prevents people who access those funds from taking part in future litigation like the DFEH suit currently being waged in California.
0: So we we have talked about this we extensively have. with regards to what the EEOC had done and how the DFEH's suit played into that and what the big problems are for the DFEH based on
1: what the EEOC put forward. Yes. Um, also, out of Activision... Employees have formed an anti-discrimination committee of 12 current and former employees, including Jessica Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, the group issued four pages of demands to CEO Bobby Kotick. And these demands include workers being able to meet with the EEOC coordinator on DEI matters. I think that's a reasonable one. Yep. Uh, ending undocumented chats with HR. Uh, what? Yeah.
0: yeah. that should never have been the case. Holy yeah. Holy crap.
1: Restricting retaliation against employees who file disputes, independent investigations of discrimination claims, Private, locked lactation rooms.
0: That one galls me in a way that I continue to, like, it makes me seething angry. The fact
1: that breast milk fridges in these rooms um, were emptied were for emptied beer. Were emptied for beer. Like,
0: like, I, like and, the like, rage, I feel. Yeah. The rage.
1: Uh, they want a trans employee network, similar Yay! to other employee groups, and 12 weeks of paid parental leave at 100% compensation versus Heck the yeah. 10 they currently have love that uh obviously activision has not really commented on this other than to say we do some of this already yeah whatever yeah do it all uh last piece of activision uh the parents of carrie moynihan who you may recall is the young woman who took her own life on an activision work trip Uh, they've asked that their suit against the publisher be dropped with prejudice now that would so with prejudice versus without prejudice Mm -hmm. with prejudice means that it can't be filed again Neither the family nor Activision have commented, and this feels like a settlement. And quite frankly, for the sake of the family, instead of having to litigate this in public and, and this relive this art. over and over and over again, no, this is bad. I, I hope they got paid. I hope. I they really got, hope they got they got got tons of money from Activision.
0: And I and I hope that they do what a lot of a lot of other families have done, and they they take that money and put it into a wonderful nonprofit and take care of other yeah. kids that want to. You know be in video games maybe they can work with take this or something like that like i
1: just but but most importantly quite frankly i i hope this allows them some closure and peace of mind that they didn't get
0: no it won't and you know some
1: measure some little bit
0: there's no way because if that had been our child no, could you never, imagine like no. we we would never we'd never be whole again no.
1: I don't uh, I don't need to suggest that that this would ever No, no, no. Happen. But that's
0: why I was saying like maybe they can keep Carrie's memory sure. alive Absolutely. by making a foundation in her name. And just to be clear, this is the this is the name that we should never forget. Mm-hmm. Never forget her name. Carrie Moynihan. Because this is this was such a sad, sad story, and this poor young woman who was in so much pain. You know and her employer did nothing and all of the pain that she was being caused was at work and this is like i just i think about it and i just it just breaks my heart all over again yeah it really does all right let's uh let's move right along to talk about ea which honestly i'm so disappointed in this i'm disappointed in this in ways that i i'm having a hard time processing so EA, as I have talked about on this show over the years, has often been at the forefront of DEI. Mm-hmm. They've won awards for it, in fact, with regards to you know workplace awards, especially over the last five years with their work um, specifically around LGBTQIA inclusivity within EA,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and especially at their Burnaby campus. So EA apparently has opted to not take a stand on reproductive and trans rights, which flies in the face of all of the great work that they've done over the years. Yeah, I don't
1: understand this at all.
0: Kotaku reported on an internal meeting that took place during which the company said that, quote, being an inclusive company means being inclusive of all those points of view. Nah, man, you either think trans people are human beings or you don't. And one of those is the correct view. And you either think that bodily autonomy is necessary or you don't. And there's really only one way to go for that one. Employees were told by Chief people officer Mala Singh that the company won't speak up unless it has what it describes as a quote positive impact and offers a quote consistent perspective for its 13,000 worldwide employees. Look, I can understand what a shitty position Mala Singh is in. Like I get it. And at the same time. This is something that is so beyond the pale for, for a company like EA that has done so much great work. This completely undermines those awards. Completely. Mm-hmm. The company is prepared to offer apparently healing circles, which are group sessions run by the publisher's employee assistance plan provider. You know, I, I really despise this. But on the bright side, people at EA are not quiet.
1: No, and people with big platforms in major positions within the company Absolutely. standing up and saying something. Absolutely. So unlike Sony which has actually put it out a gag order,
0: yeah, muzzled their people. EA
1: clearly is not muzzling its its keep its people, which is it's just something. It's
0: I mean it certainly is something. So some visible people within EA are using their platforms for good. John Epler, who's the creative director on Dragon Age um and also this is not surprising at all considering like how vocal John tends yeah. to be about, um, important human rights. So he tweeted out, uh, trans rights are human rights. Gender affirming care is a human right. And reproductive rights are a human right. There is no middle ground where this is debatable. Respawn founder, Vince Sampella, who is now in charge of multiple studios tweeted out trans rights are human rights. It is as simple as that. Respawn has grown on the principles of diversity, equality, and inclusion, and strives to uphold those values. Let's be better humans.
1: And Lindsay Pearson, again, this one isn't going to be a huge surprise. She's vice president of franchise creative for The Sims, tweeted, women's rights are human rights, transgender rights are human rights. Maxis and The Sims value diversity, equality, and inclusion in our core. And we strive to bring this to life through our teams and our work. We see you and we stand with you.
0: And it's not surprising considering all of the great work that Maxis has done with a number of um, Black streamers to ensure that, you know, Black hair and black skin colors are better available in, for everyone, and not just through mods. And they yep. did—they did a gr- lot of great work, especially with Ibonix on that. And mm-hmm. um, she's an amazing sim streamer.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So last labor story, and we were worried that this might start happening. So, so our 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 hackles are up. We're we're aware. Yeah, this aware. feels bad. This feels um, bad. Layoffs have hit Mafia 3 studio, Hangar 13, which is, of course, owned by 2K and Take Two. This is
0: such a bummer. It's such a bummer because Hangar 13 is full of so many
1: good people. Yes. Uh, you might recall the studio's in development, unannounced sci fi cosmic horror game, which was codenamed Volt, was canceled. Oh, that uh, this amounted to a whopping $53 million write off.
0: Oh, my gosh. So,
1: Hangar 13 has a location in Brighton, UK, and they also were the remainder of uh, 2K Check.
0: Is it? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah.
1: So, um, studio head Hayden Blackman left last month. Nick Baines has taken over Hanger 13 operations from the Brighton UK office. The layoffs number close to 50 in the Novato office. Of course. Which employs about 87 people. Brutal. Yeah. Um, They've been working as a a support studio for other games, too. So, like Kerbal, they've been supporting. Well, wow, um, Kerbal's
0: going to be huge. Like, it's going it, to it, be a right, really but, big Right, but you've seller, got a studio that
1: made Mafia 3.
0: Which, by the way, if you've not played Mafia 3, that game is exceptional. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Um, this is the one that, that kind of got me. Baines didn't fly to California to make the announcement to the team himself. He issued a video statement to the team remotely, admitting the team needed local leadership and structure. That
0: sucks. Yeah,
1: get on a plane, man.
0: That sucks.
1: Uh, In a statement to Kotaku which broke the news, 2K says that it is reassigning some staff and supporting those that can't be reassigned with network resources to find new employment. Baines tried to allay fears of future layoffs. and I included this because I want this on the record like for us to talk about if this ends up coming down differently. Right. Uh, Saying, quote, anyone that is still here, we want you here as part of our future. So trying to say there aren't going to be any more layoffs.
0: We'll see. I mean, look- this is the thing that we've been afraid of. When we go through a big expansion in the game industry, when things are looking really good and then we end up in a slump, this is when layoffs happen and we're in a slump now.
1: Yep. So yeah.
0: we, we are hopeful that all of these studios grew responsibly, that they are able to support their staff and that no big layoffs are coming in the future, but we are genuinely afraid.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. So that's so everything
1: from the labor report. Um, labor report
0: was uh, was solid, was solid this week.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff. I'm not like nothing that makes me thrilled. No, other th- except well, for I mean, the people using the platforms for really well. It's a soft boiled.
0: Good. It's a soft boiled quarter, yeah. and I mean like we're we're genuinely we're in the long tail slump at the that's that's coming as we come out of lockdown, not out of the pandemic, but out of lockdown, and. We don't know what the future is going to hold. That's that's why we have this show. Mm-hmm. We're here archiving essentially the big business beats that are going on so that we can look back in a number of years and be like, oh, that's how we got to where we got to. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Sony held its big business segment briefings last week, and we've got a little bit of insight on how the PlayStation business is going to be evolving over the next few years.
1: Yeah. So there are some interesting takeaways
0: here. Yeah, so Sony expects that uh, stock shortages will stabilize by 2024. Now, this
1: is weird because remember when we talked about their earnings, they're like, we're going to sell even more.
0: There's no way.
1: These two things are in opposition to one another.
0: Yes, because one of these things is reasonable and the other one of these things is not. Yes. 82% of active PS5s have a paid PlayStation Plus subscription versus 36% at this point in the PlayStation 4 life cycle. Yeah, so we're going
1: to be doing a lot of comparisons between... Yep. Where the PS4 was at this point in the life cycle.
0: And part of the reason why that's the case is that if we look back an entire cycle ago, the game industry was not what it is today. Mm-hmm. Gaming was becoming ubiquitous, but wasn't yet. It was getting there. Mm-hmm. We are now in ubiquity. And gaming is inevitable, I guess. Gaming is Thanos? Uh sure. Cool. Yeah. That's what we're gonna go we with. We got the green one. We got right. the
1: blue one. We got the, <laughs> red, got the one. red
0: one. We got the red one. No, I hate this. I hate where this is going. We need to stop. We need to stop overhead. ahead. Seventy-one percent of PlayStation Five users have made a paid game transaction versus sixty-seven percent at this point in the PlayStation Four lifecycle.
1: Playdate's the yellow one.
0: Stop it! You need to stop. You need to be stopped. I'm Steve so Neck sorry. Is the big one. No on the stop. <laughs> you need to stop. All right. Uh, spending is currently 15% higher than PlayStation 4 for the same stretch of the life cycle, with subscriptions up 21%, add-ons like um, microtransactions up 247%, but full game sales are down 21%. Yeah,
1: Here, this one's not going to surprise you. PlayStation 4 is still driving PlayStation store revenue with 65% of the pie. That's
0: yeah. not a surprise. Again, a this surprise. comes back to supply. And yeah.
1: also... Like, like again. This is not comparative to the life cycle. This is just no. like a you know, snapshot in time, like right now.
0: Exactly. The other thing that I really find interesting, and also not even remotely surprising, is that free to play is a significant piece of that spend.
1: Fortnite, PUBG is free to play now. Warframe, Apex. Apex, like yeah, it's Overwatch, not a surprise. Overwatch, like, Overwatch. Uh, well, if you're Overwatch, still you're playing, playing Overwatch. Still
0: Oh, I guess that's true. I guess Overwatch is yeah, you paid.
1: Yeah, you still need to, to pay to get in the door to over, for Overwatch.
0: Yeah, then you just have to keep paying the money. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's cool. It's really interesting how that works out. I forgot that Overwatch wasn't free to play yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, PlayStation 4 is experiencing a stronger late life cycle <laughs> than PS3. Again, this comes back to supply issues, right?
0: Supplies. Supplies. <laughs> Um, Sony is targeting 50 million PlayStation Plus subscriptions in 2022. But
1: you will need an advanced math degree to figure out which one that you have and what benefits you get with it.
0: You know what's really great? Opting out. That's how you win the discourse. You don't play. Hmm. The company plans to split investment 50-50 between established franchises and new IP... In fiscal 2025. Yeah, by fiscal
1: 2025, they're going to split investment. Now, let's be clear about this. That doesn't mean that 50% of the games that are going to come out from that year forward are going to be new IP and 50% new franchises. We're
0: talking about investment. We're talking about
1: investment. So you're not going to see the effects of that. And again, catalog placement and natural delays that happen in the cycle. Yeah. It's never going to be... I mean, it could end up being 50-50. But what it means is they are investing in their future. By by fiscal twenty five they're realizing that okay we need to make some heavier investments because by fiscal 25 uh-huh where are we going to be how many years into this cycle
0: we're going to be halfway through
1: yeah it uh, could be more it could be more than halfway so again we see new ip does very well at the beginning of a console cycle because right. everything's new everything feels new people are more well you know more willing the market isn't as crowded Uh, on those platforms think
0: about how we acted with regards to nintendo switch games back in the day we bought everything because it was new and we're just like we want to play everything because this is like a really cool piece of technology
1: yep uh company expects to plug a major hole in its portfolio by fiscal 25 shifting to a 55 45 split between live service and traditional investment company currently has one live service game that's mlb the show 22 it expects to have two this year. Now, people are assuming that the headlines I saw about this are like, oh, they're going to launch two this year. Eh, hold on no, a second. No. That might not, not actually be the case. Because when they acquire Bungie and get Destiny 2, that's, two. That, that makes, that's their second Absolutely. right there. So they might be releasing another one this year to make it an even three. there's There should be three more next year, another four in Fiscal 24, and another two in Fiscal 25 for a total of 12 active live service games by the end of fiscal 25
0: this is this is ex- this has been the big challenge for sony is how to figure how to how to have live service games run well and run over a long period of time yep because they're great at single player games they are great at story-driven triple-a blockbusters but live service games eh,
1: not so much I, I think it's interesting that destruction all-stars wasn't even on this list because i think they've forgotten about that game
0: like everybody, forgot Sony about tends that
1: game. to do that. They send like they tend to not have object permanence, like with PlayStation, <laughs> oh, PlayStation Now. I like had no object me, permanence about it. That's
0: me though. Uh, what Where else? did I put this one pen? Oh God, I forgot. I don't. I don't own this pen anymore, right? I haven't seen it in two months. Buy that pen. Find that pen three days later. That's me, <laughs> <laughs> but with pens. Um, the company raked in eighty million dollars in PC sales last fiscal, with a target of three hundred million dollars for this fiscal. So, Horizon Zero Dawn sold two point four million on PC. Days Gone is at eight hundred and fifty thousand, and God of War is nearing one million at nine hundred seventy one thousand
1: copies sold. Yep, and there's so uh, this- rumors there was like pretend, like I think a Steam page or there was something that hit Steam data, the database for Returnal. Sure. That might be the next. That could be.
0: That could be Mm. really, really cool. And like, I'm, I'm actually really psyched that PlayStation is paying more attention to PC because PC needs to be a part of everybody's plan. Mm -hmm. Unless you're Nintendo, in which case Nintendo's going to do whatever Nintendo's going to do. It it
1: still feels like Sony is begrudgingly doing. They're just
0: like no, but also yes, but no.
1: I don't want to (laughs) do this.
0: It's like, when our, it's like when we ask our kids to take the garbage out or take the the recycling out. They do it, but they'll grumble the entire way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that for us. Jim Ryan's just a big meow meow baby. Uh, Sony is also planning on growing its mobile footprint and by fiscal 25 anticipates about 20% of its revenue from mobile, 25% from PC, and 55% from PS5 with PS4 phased out assuming that i don't think that's gonna happen oh i think it'll be i think it'll be approaching zero let's put it that way if it's not zero it'll be approaching zero i I guess by fiscal 25 that's probably reasonable so we're in fiscal 23 right now so that's that's two years so that is march 31st 2023 march 31st 2024 march 31st 2025 yeah i think ps4 is going to be approaching zero very
0: maybe but playstation 2 going to be asymptotical to zero but PlayStation 2 held on for many, many more years than anybody else thought.
1: Sure, but I don't think it held on five years into the PS3. I mean, I don't think it was... It, I think it by by this point in the PS3 generation, it was approaching zero.
0: Maybe. I have to go look at the numbers. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about transmedia.
1: Let's talk about transmedia.
0: There's a Horizon series coming to Netflix, a God of War series coming to Amazon, and a Gran Turismo show as well. That could be really interesting depending on how they handle that. Yeah,
1: also interesting Sony not signing, like spreading it around. Right?
0: No, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. You don't want to have
0: any egg, too many eggs in one well, basket. Well, especially with what's
1: going on in Netflix. It's like. Yeah.
0: I have so many thoughts about that. We need to have Julia on the show so yeah. she can have thoughts about that.
1: Okay. Uh, that actually wraps us up for the week.
0: Holy smokers. We kept it under an hour.
1: Yeah. Go us. Uh, thank you for listening to the Virtual Economy Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at VirtualEconcast. I am at Footerish, F-U T T E R I S H.
0: I am at Amanda Farrow. You can subscribe to our RSS feed at virtualeconcast.com. We are also available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Stitcher, Pocket Cast. There's more I got I got right in the face. Anyway. If you enjoyed our wild, zany, weird antics on this show, we'd love it if you would subscribe and if possible on your platform of choice, like review the show. Let us know what you think. Also, you should ask us questions.
1: Yes. We do love listener questions.
0: We love listener questions.
1: Yeah, you can send them to us at podcast.fsquared.biz or hit us up on DMs. Uh, also, we have a Discord server. Where if, you can also
0: ask questions. Yeah, if
1: you're interested in being part of the Discord, just uh, slide on into the DMs. We're glad to send you an invite.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we will be back, I guess,
1: next week. Next week, probably on Monday-ish.
0: Probably on Monday-ish. Listen, everything is in flux right now because it's grad season. Yeah, and then
1: we're heading into a summer game mess. and That's
0: probably going to be live streamed, well, so we'll see. we'll
1: see. Well, I don't know about that next week. We'll see. Uh, that starts next week.
0: Oh, no. We might yeah. not have we yeah. might not have the availability to do that.
1: Yeah. We'll see. So uh, Warhammer Skulls is today. Yeah. In an hour and a half from when we're recording this right now. Yeah. <laughs> probably already happened by the time you're listening to this uh but yeah in the meantime remember to wash your hands stay hydrated morbid responsibly and be good to one another why why are you like this because it's always morbid time